What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. I'm Rebecca Roanhorse, author of Resistance Reborn, and you are listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. A Utini production. But I want them alive. No disintegration. Episode number 84, Star Wars Squadrons with Sage. As you wish. On this episode, the Mandalorian returns. What if he doesn't survive? He's worth a lot to me. New Thrawn book news. He will not be permanently damaged. And the Utini team talks Star Wars Squadrons with special guest Sage. The value is undeniable. And now, here are your hosts. As you wish. Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Henkel, and Wes Jenkins. And on that, everyone, hello! Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever you're doing, and welcome to the Living Force Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me tonight are a couple of my very good friends. Uh, we are without Dr. Corey Helton tonight. He has a splitting migraine because life is hard, but we do have Dr. Charles Hankel. Hello, my friend. Hello. How is it going, everybody? Um, going well. I was going to say, we're recording this Monday night. When you're listening to this, everyone, it's Thursday or Friday. Mm. So the election's done. So we'll see. What are uh, hey, Wes like is here, too. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, oh, what's up? Um, it's darker outside now, and my dog doesn't get it. He thinks that he should be fed a lot <laughs> earlier than what the real dude, time. <laughs> same thing. My, dude, Morton came up to me at 3 p.m. today, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> ease up. Talk to the farmers. Uh, it's not our problem. <laughs> well, daylight savings time is hard. The world is darker. Hopefully, it's metaphorically lighter. But regardless, we do not have Corey. We do have the melodious tones of the epic gamer master himself, Sage. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hello there. I didn't know I was an epic gamer, but here we are. You are. You are for sure. That's why we have you on this episode, man. Uh, okay. In, in case y'all missed the I title. I thought it was for my OnlyFans. <laughs> well, that, we're going to let you plug plugs later. You can plug your own stuff later on in the show. Come on. You know how this works. <laughs> Uh, everyone, if you missed the title of this episode, we are talking all things Star Wars Squadrons, uh, the game that has, frankly, taken over the Star Wars gaming world and a lot of the Star Wars world pre-Mandalorian, let's be honest. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the campaign. We're going to talk a lot about multiplayer and how it's kind of changed the the, sca- the scope, the landscape, if you will, and kind of what we want for the future of the game. But before that, a couple things in the Star Wars galaxy that we want to chat about. Gentlemen, this past week, a little indie show uh, called The Mandalorian came back. That's huh. right. We got to see. Yeah, I know. Did you hear about this? I heard it was pretty good. What'd you guys think? I loved you know, it. It's from a small time <laughs> creator, um, small small 
small budget, tiny compared mm-hmm. to other things. Absolutely. Couldn't get tickets into the Sundance for this one. So <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I heard Charles and Wes, you and I were on Bounty Hunt. We mm-hmm. raved about this. Sage, what did you think about the first episode of Mando? Oh, dude. Loved it. Are we doing spoilers or are we keeping it clean? Uh, yeah, we're a week out of that first episode. Why not? Okay. Okay. Dude, Boba. Need I say more? <laughs> For like, real. Ow! He did it. But is Bad it? Boba twice. It. There's cosplay Boba in the front, and then there's the real Boba at the end. For sure, cosplay Boba. <laughs> I love the idea of cosplay Boba. That would be great. Yeah, I that last shot, I'm still <sighs> like, you know, we all hear rumors. And because there are so many, we ignore all rumors. But so with the fact that we got Cobb Vanth in the episode, which was one big, you know, big reveal that we heard about in the off season and stuff. The fact that we also then got the Tamura Morrison reveal, like, I'm still shaking about it, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it was so freaking cool. And that the crate Dragon, like, just uh, the amount of stuff they packed into one episode of television was absolutely fantastic. And it's and I got to say guys, agree with me if you if you want or because it's my damn show. <laughs> um wasn't it nice to see Star Wars like united again online? <laughs> I feel like it's a Mando does. Very much. Yeah, it, it absolutely does, right? Whenever it comes back, everybody just like a sigh of relief comes out across mm-hmm. the social media mediums. And then yeah. we also yeah. saw that it, they gave us a 55 minute or whatever it was. So Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I mean, well, give me more longer episodes <laughs> of Mando. Awesome. It's not that much to ask. I mean, budgetarily wise, it's absolutely a lot to ask. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's great, and it, it's it is nice for everyone to be like, "That was good, right? Yeah, it was pretty good." I would love <laughs> to know good. how much five minutes of that crate dragon cost. Like, what does that cost per uh. second to have on screen? <laughs> oh and my like, god! What poor animator was like, "All right, going to work this is the third week in a row. I'm gonna be working on the body textures of the crate dragon for on, eight hours." On okay, the here we go. <laughs> Sand. Someone out there really hates sand in addition to Anakin. Of course. Thanks to that show. <laughs> Rough. It's everywhere. <laughs> it was. Uh, but we did love that. And a quick plug here. Uh, for those of you on our Patreon, you'll see we did bring back our Bounty Hunt recap show. Those will be coming out every Monday uh, where we get together. We talk about The Mandalorian. We recap it. We have some silly times. And because of that, our Lightspeed Skipping Patreon show is on hiatus uh, during the Mandalorian season because that's just a lot of damn podcasts to record. (laughs) But we will be back with that later on in the season. Uh, Speaking of our lovely Patreon, everyone, we got a bunch of new patrons this week. Yeah. Uh, So I want to, yeah, right? People still give us money to do this. So nice. That's crazy. Um, but some of those crazy people do include the Lunch Society, our very own Freddie C. jumped on, with Nate Wolfolk and Frank Opsal. Opsal? Opsal. Opsal. Um, that's right, Frank. You get the triple name. Uh, everyone got... Uh, if he's uh, not in the next Mando page. episode, I'm going to be, be very disappointed. <laughs> that's going to be very sad. Uh, but thank you all for joining. Um, again, I know we, we say it all the time, but it, it never stops being special. To see the names pop up. Um, we really super appreciate that. And this past week, we got to spend some time with y'all at our Night at the Opera Patreon event. Charles, Wes, you were there. Yes. Uh, after some technical evolution on our part. Um, it's kind of you. But that went pretty well. It's very kind of you. What'd you think? <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. It was classic Utini where we had a, a hiccup or two. But, you know, most of our audience is familiar that we pushed through those moments and we end up having a good time. And we definitely did that night. I had an absolute blast. I did not 
even want things to wind up. Like I would have sat there and watched the entirety of season one, you know, not just those Absolutely. couple episodes before the premiere. So I am, uh, I'm already excited for the next one and we're going to be better about doing them like once a quarter. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Absolutely. It was definitely a lot of fun. And we sat when I, uh, we finally wrapped up, we had <clears throat> got together for four hours. It was a four hour. Yeah. <clears throat> it was a four hour get together with, with drinks and, you know, obvious tech, tech issues. That's, not uncommon to Utini, but um, it was it was a real fun time. This next time, you know, when, the, when you test, you test with I don't know more than ten people rather than two, because the bandwidth <laughs> the bandwidth doesn't go as far. Believe me, not quite. <laughs> uh, but we did have a great time. Thank you to everyone who showed up to that. And like Charles said, we are going to be better about doing those about every quarter for our Inquisitorious patrons and up. We're going to get together. We're going to watch some Star Wars. Uh, it was just it was just a blast to do it communally because I know we, we text during the Mandalorian and you know discords and stuff and people tweet and you know but there there is just something to hearing the voices and seeing the faces and just a, a it's blast like a so thank you to virtual everyone virtual movie theater exactly yes because mother of God speaking of I mother miss movie theaters mother of speaking God speaking of mother shout out to Sally Eilers <laughs> Eric's mother was there man. with us that night she too. was there <laughs> <laughs> um, that's the new that's the new me. thing that we're gonna say when something crazy happens <laughs> mother of Eric <laughs> <laughs> I should take. Uh, I yes. wish this was live. I should take my glasses off as I say that. <laughs> Mother of Eric. <laughs> Great, your, seamless. Watch your damn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it was it was so much fun. Um, it was great to get that part again, and, and again reminds us of what makes this community so great. Uh, a couple things in book news now. I want to talk about before we get to our squadrons chat. Um, did you lovely fellas see that we got more High Republic news this week? Of course, we were all very excited about the High Republic Publishing Initiative. Oh, that, say that ten times fast. That's coming out in the beginning of 2021. And this week, we got some character profiles about the villains, including the Nile, which are like our like Mad Max, Reaver-esque villains. Mm-hmm. We, got, we saw the Drengear, which is like an evil sentient plant that Charles freaked out about. <laughs> and we got uh, Marchio Rowe. Who is the Eye of the Nile? Who might be my new favorite character design? He's like a little bit of um, uh, not the ca- not Contra Club. What's the other gang in Episode Seven? The Guavian Death Gang. The Guavian Death Gang mixed with Sidonathano, um, the the pirate. Um, what do you guys think about these? I love how much art we're getting for this. It's so cool to see it. Yeah, yeah. I want to like keep the files up on my laptop like all together, so I can just pull them up while I'm reading, so I can really visualize this but you you brought it up and i have to say again the drengear was by far the thing that i freaked out about because you know i i have enough things to be scared of in this world you know pandemics <laughs> possibly riots in the street after this election who knows uh, i don't want to i don't want to be afraid of house plants okay but that's what this did for me and i thought it was fitting too that i saw this on Kevin scott's um instagram i think it was or twitter for the yeah, first yeah. time in in one of his um one of his old comics uh, if I'm not mistaken, featured like a sentient plant that was kind of evil. Uh, it was a Han and Chewie adventure, if I remember oh, correctly. You remember right. this? I think it's that's is it right. Tales from I Vader's do. Castle? I think maybe one of those. Yeah, because um, they go to that planet uh, and they age a bunch because yeah. the plant like curses them with like a witch curse the plants or something. Exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty fitting that I saw it coming from him, but I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I, uh, I I can't wait for them, and I and I love the the expansion they gave on the Nile. Um, if you missed this post, it's over on StarWars.com and their High Republic uh, 
part of their site, which is growing exponentially. Uh, but I liked how they talked about the Nile being a race that really has, like, a lot of purpose, and they are vicious. I mean, the way Charles Soule described them, he's like, they will kill everything you love. They, like, they really seem like a competent, just truly dark enemy. And it's kind of fun, um, in, in a sick way, I, I'll admit that, uh, to see this kind of new Star Wars race that's not the Sith. It's not based on this, like, ancient sorcery kind of, you know... Like essentially, like religious sect that the Sith could be, but it's more like, oh no, they are just a brutal race that wants to destroy and take over. And I think pairing that against what we're meant to be, what's meant to be thought of as the the high point of the light Jedi, is really going to be cool. I think, you know. Yeah, I'm whatever excited. it is, we we have to fear them. You know, it can't feel like yes. a step back from the Sith. I think is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. So. That's the hardest part about this, man, is mm -hmm. that you got... I mean, everyone's always trying to live up to the Empire, right? I mean, every trilogy, every book, every game, no matter what you're fighting against, you always say, well, is it cooler than Darth Vader? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is why Fallen Order is like, all right, we'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I think the Nihil got a good shot about being something different and very cool. Very, very excited. Um, additionally... We got some information from our friends at Delray because they're like, hey, hey, have you spent a lot of money recently on books? How about we give you, one, the next Thrawn novel, which is going to be Thrawn Ascendancy, Greater Good, coming out on May the 4th, way earlier than I thought it was going to come. Mm -hmm. I'll be totally honest with you. Um, we got a beautiful cover image. It's red, which is cool, you know? <laughs> Very uh, very Last jedi ask. You know, the middle chapter is red and dark. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, I would argue more importantly, they announced a special edition of Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising will be released this November, or for pre-order in November, for $150 American dollars. Uh, but it's a limited run, $750. They're all going to be signed, slip-cased, and they have this exclusive art of, like, Young, hot Timothy Chalamet Thrawn. Did you guys see that? <laughs> it's like I an oil painting. It, right? Yeah, it gorgeous. is like an oil painting. He's a beautiful man. So the, the, I'm not even going to lie to you. The, the cover is just a normal cover, normal cart, like thick cardboard cover. Like we would get another. Mm -hmm. It's not like a, like a steel book or anything, right? Yeah, I think the, the extra is just going to be like the vinyl. I think it's vinyl or velvet. It's the slipcase. Okay. Like for. Um, like, if anyone has that giant Macquarie collection of double books, like, it comes in that mm -hmm. big little slipcase some, some big comics do. Um, why do you think they did that? Do you guys that? think you're going to get them? <laughs> I mean, huh? Why do you think they did that? Oh, for money, Wes. <laughs> I mean, did you like, hear the amount of dollars that he said? <laughs> I don't, for money! I, just, I don't get it, but okay. They, there was a board meeting there, like, how can we sell this book that is twenty five ninety nine for $150? <laughs> So why wouldn't they do uh, that the with is, every other book? No, they yeah. should. You know, they should. <laughs> that's the that's a great question because which actually leads me to the question I want to ask. I know that uh, we aren't like everyone collects something. You know, people collect various items. Do you guys feel the desire to get this to pick up this limited edition book? I have the desire to see it on my shelf. But I do not have the desire to shell out one fifty personally. That's a little. It's a little <laughs> too much for me. There's the wallet side that's like no, <laughs> and then there's the side that says it's special edition though. 
<laughs> I personally would not spend that much money on a book, but but someone if should. It's pretty enough. Yeah, some but people someone will. Should, at least seven hundred and fifty. That's not. That's, that's not exactly many, it. man. That it, that really is truly exclusive. Yeah, I mean, I have seen. I mean, if you're in the Star Wars book buying Facebook groups or Ebay's or whatever, you'll see all these like science fiction book club editions of of the hardcover Legends books that came out in the '90s and 2000s. And some of those go for like crazy amounts of money, mm-hmm. even though people could just get them shipped. So I'm guessing this one might be something like that. Yeah. So do you purchase um, this for a future like investment <clears throat> where you put it on eBay, where you throw it up on Facebook Marketplace? You're like, well, this is one of the special editions. Only 750 were made. So we're going to boost it to $1,000. Do you want it or not? Ooh, I... I'm a bad collector like that, dude. It's like I, I buy things and I'm like out of the box on my shelf. This is cool. Like, I, like my collection is buried with me like a pharaoh. Like I, I don't really think about reselling I, this I like, stuff. I like that Eric hasn't said that he would pay $150 for a book with like $3,000 worth of Funkos behind him on the shelf. So, you know. Dude, okay, here's the deal. Real talk, real talk. If this limited edition Thrawn book also came with it a limited edition thrawn young thrawn funko pop when he's like in his ascendancy like uniform uh, eric's over there like well, charge me whatever i will pay you. <laughs> take my talk. first we point. can have a conversation <laughs> um but hey everyone if you don't have 150 dollars or don't want to spend 150 dollars on a book you already own they also announced that in honor of thrawn's 30th anniversary uh from heir to the empire they will be releasing an heir to the empire shirt uh for 30 dollars i believe and that was in an article, again, on StarWars.com. And this was kind of cool because I know at Utini we love our Star Wars book shirts. Um, Jose does an amazing job of designing them that are kind of like, you know, inspired by the books so we don't get copyrighted and all that stuff. But there is something to uh, – oh, wow, right, we're on video and this is audio. Uh, Sage is repping his Star Wars Battlefront podcast shirt. <laughs> um, we love shirts. And – I don't know if you guys saw this, but the official, like, old-school Heir to the Empire cover with uh, Sabalth, like, shooting lightning out of his fingers, mm-hmm. that cover, mm-hmm. they just put it on a shirt, and I'm like, okay, there's something to that, like, for our Legends fans, they don't get a lot of content anymore, like, a Legends cover shirt? That's pretty cool. That'd be Absolutely. pretty cool to, to point out somebody wearing that in a crowd and be like, hey, love the shirt, man. Like, oh, shit, somebody <laughs> yeah. knows what this is. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then it's like, well, legends used to be good, and canon sucks. Oh, okay, no. bye. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> okay, bye. I bye. feel like most people are gonna see it and be like, oh, oh yeah, I think I remember that Metallica tour. Like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally, it looks like a band tee. That's exactly what it is. Oh my god, love it. But if you're interested in those, uh, again, everything's at StarWars.com. I'm I'm so stoked that Thrawn is getting some love of like special edition stuff. Um, honestly, Del Rey. Keep it up with like the special edition books, the 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 colored pages, you know, like th- that stuff is so fun, and I hope that they keep doing that because I feel like there's there should be a more of a push for the physical media of the book side of Star Wars, you know, like we don't get to buy movie tickets and and Blu-rays of movies for a while now, and even the shows are all streaming, so just that that physical media, I think it'd be fun to enhance, you know, like of of all the High Republic books, guys. What is, like, one thing you wish they would do or wish they would bring back about, like, physical books that would make it a little cooler? Leather-bound. Maps. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> oh, maps. maps! That's a good one. Oh, God. I love opening up a book and there's just a giant, like, Tolkien map in the front. 
But then, like, let me take it out. Let me put, like, the High Republic space chart on my wall. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a good idea. Oh. And maybe, like, also, like, the embossed covers. Remember all, like, all the Legends covers? Like, the Star Wars was always always shiny and embossed. Mm, yeah. yeah. We could do that. Anyway, you're welcome for that free advice, Delray. <laughs> uh, but if you're looking to buy uh, any regular books, everyone, be sure you head over to utini.com. Click the affiliate link in our profile and head over to our new releases page where Frank is doing God's work, keeping track of everything. Coming up on November 10th, which is, uh, oh my god, that's next week, so i got to write this review. Uh, from a certain point of view, Empire Strikes Back is finally coming out, 570 pages of goodness. And in January, January 5th, the High Republic novels begin. We're almost there, and I could not be more excited. Uh, so thank you, Frank, for all your work you do on that, and everyone... Click those affiliate links. It's almost Christmas time. You got to buy your friend Star Wars books. <laughs> That's what you guys are doing, right? Everyone on your list getting Star Wars books? Sure. I can't tell you. You're on that list. <gasps> You'll see. You'll I see. I love Star Wars books. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Charles. All right, I'll stop that. Um, I feel like I was in like a Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, <laughs> Charles, uh, before we finally jump in and uh, just abuse Sage for his expertise in Star Wars oh squadrons. Uh, can you tell me uh, a little bit about the book reviews we got this week? Yeah, well, it, Sage is never coming back. Um, but, yes, <laughs> we've got a couple that we're going to do. Um, the first one, I'll just I'll go ahead and read myself. It's short and it's sweet. It's from Bert C., and he's reviewing Death Troopers by Joe Schreiber. So great Halloween choice if you guys are looking Absolutely. for something scary. Um, he gave it five stars, and he said, I don't know what the others were thinking, but it's a great book, especially for someone like me. Well, Bert, so you sound like a real sensible guy, and I like that. I also I love, love Death Troopers. So that was, that's so, that's just, that's a wholesome review, and I love it. I This is a great yeah. book. We did a review on this before we had the podcast. It's I think it's still on our YouTube, so if you guys do read it and are interested to see, like, early, early Utini days, you could go and check that out on our Dude, that was YouTube two page. years ago oh my yeah it was a long as time of ago. now it was two halloweens yeah. ago yeah um we do have one additional review sage do you have do you have access to this or no because i'm sure that people would love to hear your tones if not i will kick it to wes okay where i don't um where is this Oh, it's on our on the on the show outline doc. Oh, I don't know. If I, I didn't send it to you. I didn't send you didn't it to him. Okay. You didn't send me wow. the Zoom <laughs> You didn't send me the outline. I suck. If you, I'm terrible. If you didn't Call get the it, outline, were you even here? All right. I don't know. I'm terrible. No, he's just like Corey. You don't need to read the outline. You show up. <laughs> All right, Wes. We're gonna have to settle for your uh, southern draw. You want to take this one from Paul? Sure. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. All right. Paul Matthews has read Canto Bite by various authors, and he gave it three stars. This collection of short stories tries to give some life to the background creatures and aliens of Canto Bite. There's an amount of charm to several of the stories through finishing. All four of them can feel tiresome. I'd recommend this to someone if they like some enjoyable banter and occasional neat reference to make you smile. I wouldn't go too far out of my way for it, but it's neat enough. Okay, that's my so uh, that was my dating profile <laughs> back in the day. my way. Okay, for you, you see me in passing. Give me a whirl. Uh, what's your, what's it's your a little tire stuff to get through the whole thing? What's your mile radius? <laughs> that's your word. <laughs> so, in other words, oh come it's on, a, you're telling me like it's a good. We've all had that time, whether it's a date or like a friend hangout, where you're like, let's hang out. How far away are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. I 
give Eric well, uh, uh, three and a half stars at least. Oh, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But it's funny because actually I just got the uh, the hardcover of Canto Bite this week from our fearless leader, Corey Helton. He had an extra because I said I wasn't going to do it, guys, but I am slowly transferring my entire collection to hardcover books. And I hate that oh, I started boy. it. Cause I know. I know. Like, I'm on thrift books every week. Like, sure, I'll pay $6 for a book I own. But you do that, like, 30 times. No. And, um, but, uh, but anyway, I, uh, I, have, I haven't read it. So that review makes me kind of want to, I guess, Paul. It is a good nightstand read that I like to call just where you Ooh. just, you know, read one story at a time every couple of days. Or it's a good toilet read where you read when you're, you know, on the toilet. <laughs> oh, thank you for explaining. I was, I was curious. I was you so do need though. those. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do it in Texas. Uh, but everyone, if you want your toilet read reviews on this show, look up your book on utini.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, add a star reading and a user review and a mile radius, uh, and maybe we'll read it on this very show. All right, since we are not live, we have no merch ad read. Uh, go to utini.com slash merch, though. Buy those great shirts Jose has, and next week, at this point, we should have a shirt inspired by, from a certain point of view, The Empire Strikes Back. I have not seen it. But it's great, though. But it's going to cost me a lot of money. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. A reasonable lot of money, because that's what we do here. All right. Reasonable. Reasonable. Not a, that's what you should say. Hey, do you want this $150 Thrawn book? No? Okay. Do you want this $25 t-shirt? Like, do, you start Think there. about how many shirts you could buy for that one book. Ugh. Six. It's amazing. Look at that! Look at that! Sharp as a goddamn tack. All right, all right, everyone. You came here for a reason. We've made you wait long enough. Uh, Star Wars squadron. Time for me to be abused. That's right. Welcome to the goddamn Thunderdome. Yeah, you're gonna abuse. We're gonna abuse you like a lot of people abused me in my first like 25 dogfights in Star Wars Squadrons. So Star Wars Squadrons came out uh, a little while ago now. It's been a few weeks. Uh, so what I wanted to do today is kind of have a little roundtable discussion, guys, about this game. Uh, how are we liking it? Uh, did it reach the expectations? What's its impact on the community, etc.? So I guess we'll start out with the bassist. Um, Sage, I'm going to throw it to you first. Okay. Um, what did you expect uh, from Star Wars Squadrons before it came out? And in the time since you've played it, uh, how have those expectations changed? Um, and kind of what do you think of now when you think of Squadrons a few weeks in? Okay, so starting off, one of my favorite modes in Battlefront 2015 and Battlefront 2017 that I was really surprised about were the Starfighter modes. Correct. Um, growing up, I was a huge fan of the Rogue Squadron games too, so mm-hmm. like that was really speaking <laughs> to me. Um, when I saw Squadrons was going to be released, I was like, ooh, Squadrons, you say? Oh my. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so I've I've greatly been enjoying it. It's a really steep learning curve. Like the the skill floor is quite high con, uh, compared to other games, uh, especially other Star Wars games. Like we don't really have many. Like if you go back to the NES games, yeah, those are really hard. Just because NES and SNES games were very hard. Also, Bounty Hunters quite hard, but not in the same way. It's more for the the types of games that they made back then rather than like the actual skill that they intended to set for it. Um, So having a game that was made like the nineties, just because the technology was lower then and games were just harder to control back then 
versus a game where it was like you can actually be very skilled at that and learn the quirks of the game, learn the the types of moves that you can do. Greatly enjoyed that. Yeah, it is interesting. Like, you know, we've we've gotten Battlefront 2 and, and Jedi Fallen Order obviously are the two biggest releases in the EA cycle. And uh, I do feel like those games have been like, you know, there's you can be great at them. Like there are people on Battlefront 2, especially, as you know, and as we know, that, you, you know, are just ridiculously good. Hundreds of levels, thousands of levels. And like, that's a skill. But but for the most part, like you can have a good time. You can jump in and mm-hmm. kind of figure it out. And fall in order, like they really want you to feel powerful, clearly. Like there's some yeah. tougher puzzles. They have a different... But- uh, difficulty yeah. modes for it too so mm-hmm. it's like e- even if you are having struggle at the higher difficulties you can set it down lower to enjoy just the story exactly which is which is great i think that's one of the great things about gaming especially as it's evolved like that it's like the old school um you know uh rpgs will have a story only mode or a combat mode and all that kind of stuff squadrons on the other hand and uh wes and charles uh, uh tell me if you agree with this as well kind of puts you in and it's like you're bad deal mm-hmm. with it get good kid yes yeah. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> War's over, yeah. Well, it's, I think it is tough to like pick it up and play, especially for someone like me speaking towards what you're saying is because it is a steep learning curve, and I don't have like that much time for gaming. Mm-hmm. So I need a game that I can you know pick up and, and feel like I'm not dying every five seconds. And this is coming from a guy who on you know, the first time I played Jedi Academy, you know, the opening level, you're in a forest and you have to cut down a tree to get across a river. And yep. I cut down that tree and it fell on me and I died. So, <laughs> I hate so, that tree you know, so much. I'm one of those gamers. And, um, and so Squadrons <laughs> is not something that I can kind of approach easily. Like, it's a little bit stressful, but I see the... Um, I see the reward for it. You know, I think there is a big payoff for the time that you put in and really learning how you how to play it and be effective. I think it's it's really immersive. It's probably one of the most immersive games that that we've had for quite some time. Yeah, it is interesting in the campaign. You know, they make you they make you this like faceless. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, you design a face, but you see it twice uh, ish. But they they make you essentially this faceless pilot of Titan and Vanguard Squadron. And I think that's a really interesting choice because I, I, I agree in multiplayer and single player, I really do feel like it's me doing these things. Like I am the pilot doing these things. I and I think that, that is a stark difference to us playing as Cal Kestis, to us mm-hmm. playing as these, um, you know, these ground troopers and starfighters in Battlefront. But then, uh, okay, I'm, I'm a Vader player. I am, uh, I'm playing as Kylo Ren, Rey, etc. So... Sage, what, what do you think about that immersion? Because I feel like, especially in the multiplayer circuit, which I know you've played a ton of and I want you to expand on, how does that affect the multiplayer circuit, if at all, to, get, to make people you know, feel like they have a little more agency in how they're flying? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to answer your question with a question. How have, awesome. you, guys, how have you guys felt with the, the forced first-person perspective? So this is the first Star Wars mm. game that we've had under EA where you cannot choose a third-person view mm-hmm. i was so afraid of this i'm not gonna lie like because i like you i love starfighter assault um every time we'd play as utini i'd always force people to go into this mode because i, I loved it and i felt like i got decently good at it um uh, and i was just like okay this is this is good i got these mechanics so when i saw this was all first person i got free because battlefront 2 had a first person mode but you do it for five seconds and be like cool yeah. no that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> but I was surprised at, you know, I'd say after 
seven to ten hours. Um, so, so honestly, after the after the campaign, straight because I did the campaign first before going to multiplayer, I, it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I actually felt pretty into it. Um, I don't know. What about you guys? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it at all. Um, there are subtle differences between the between the starships, right? So, I don't think you get as big a viewing area from a Tie Fighter as you do, say, like mm-hmm. an X Wing. So, I tended on on flying an X Wing over um, some of the Empire models just because I couldn't see as much. Um, but other than that, I thought the first person. I, I liked the first person view. Um, so it, it kind of, I mean, it puts you in the cockpit, right? If it, you felt like you were there mm-hmm. flicking the controls, even though, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense that you weren't actually touching any of them. But I mean, if you have, if you have a, a, a HOTUS, which is a, like a, a joystick and a throttle, which a lot of people, um, have said, they have a few friends with them and oh my gosh, they love the immersion that brings to it. Yeah. It says it really works it well with this really game. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean that, that uh, part alone, I've seen people with two joysticks, with a left one and a right one, and they have like pedals for their feet, and I'm like, oh man, I mean, you spent $600 worth of equipment on a $40 game, but you know, whatever, but I'm sure that they have, they, they play like, um, uh, what are those other, those combat simulator games? There's a couple like flight of simulators There's stuff. a couple of them that like, they put up bed sheets in their room, and they have like, basically the whole wall is their, is their screen. Um, they put it on projectors. I've seen. So. Wow. God, yeah. Bless you, man. Like, no, <laughs> God. If, if that, if you put that much work into it, you should feel goddamn elated <laughs> when you're like in a. If, if you like put a, or even like in a VR headset, like people that do double HOTUS in VR for squadrons, wow. oh I cannot God. fathom that you can ever be happy again. Because <laughs> if you do that, if you do that well, you're in Star Wars. You did it. I think so my I, brain would explode trying to figure all of that out. You have your <laughs> friend come by and spray you with like a mist of water every once in a while. Like, oh. <laughs> have like a, God, it would just be like, or like, I don't know if, if I crash doing that, I might not be able to sleep because I think I would feel like I died. No, like I would yes. feel like actual death. It's like you're falling out of your falling down a cliff or whatever when you're having a nightmare, just screaming, and you wake up, and you're like, "Oh my god, I am fine. I am fine." Yeah. So I think yeah. To, to answer your question, this I think yeah, the immersion is is cool. It's unexpected and unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say though, do you do you guys? want want another game i know this is ridiculous i i hate talking about like future games as the game is you know a month old don't worry want this in an- that's what i'm here for <laughs> excellent great great you'll take that i thought take it that was bullet. the abuse um that's what potato I potato tomato i wasn't aware of that abuse when i signed up for this <laughs> it was on the outline um yeah i did get that <laughs> <laughs> do you guys want another game though that is like like, I know we had the VR, like Vader Immortal has this, the first person stuff. Yeah, but all of the stuff that ILM X Labs doing has been mm-hmm. really well received. They just did a, a one called Galaxy's Edge, reviews from Galaxy's yeah. Edge or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, those have been really, really good. Um, something that that we've been talking about on our podcast, Uplink, we've rebranded to cover all of Star Wars games. Um Something we've been talking about is they have announced that they don't have any current plans for continued support for Squadrons, even though they released a Mandalorian drop, so that's kind of like, 
he just got content for the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that was interesting because this game also dropped with a forty dollar price point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like twenty dollars roughly cheaper than uh, normal games, two thirds the price or so. And the fact that the developers are like, we want to release just a full game. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. My gut reaction is good. Like that's that's great because you know a lot of people's issues with with Battlefront 2 why it, why it never quite reached the apex of like say a Call of Duty or things like that people were always kind of waiting for content drops i mean god the the, the memes about you know the content updates and all that stuff <laughs> were were ridiculous and the fact that they're like actually this one is just a full game go go have fun this is the game i thought was a good choice now do it's... i want a clone wars mode duh do i want a uh -huh. b wing Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a double-edged sword there. So yes, you can, in theory, say, yeah, we want to release a game like in the 90s. We want to release a $40 game. You get the full experience. You don't have to pay any more for cos like cosmetics. You don't have to pay for uh, any new content. Yeah, that that's great in theory. But when you get mm -hmm. into that, it works great in a single-player game. Like if Fallen right. Order came out and was like, yeah, we're we're releasing this for $40. It's just a set game, which basically it was if you don't count the like arena mode that they released. But when you release a multiplayer game in 2020, it's hard to hard to expect a continued community after a certain point without support. So that's kind of something that mm. we've been on the fence about. It would be Fan, yeah, it's it's that's great in theory, but also like I want more experiences. More maps would be great. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see more cosmetics added. That would be a great way to continue it. And most importantly, if we could only get one more update, what I would want most of all would be private. Ooh, I matches. like this game. I, pro yes, private matches. Oh God. You're saying these things, and I'm realizing I've kind of put this stuff in my head anyway, but that is technically updates. You're right. Like, mm. private matches, we've talked at Utini a bunch about this um, in various Discord servers because, you know, we all we want to play with our friends. And mm -hmm. if you have five friends, you're done. Like, you, yeah. you, if you have it's eight friends. It's great if you have well, five friends. If it's <laughs> But if you have <laughs> ten, <laughs> you know. Or four friends. It's great if you have only four friends. <laughs> yeah, most yeah. people don't have only four friends. They have more yeah. than that. Yeah, hey, and if you only have four friends, we'd love you. We're your <laughs> yeah. new friend. <laughs> yeah, you've it. got seven uh, <laughs> That's right. But, I, but I, yeah, that's a great point. Private matches, I think, is is really is a no-brainer. But I, I also want to ask, guys, if we're playing this, uh, the, the hypothetical games, right? If you could get one content drop, and let's say this is, like, different maps, different actual ships, different cosmetics. What's, what's, uh, what's on your wish list? What do we want? Hmm. I, I mean, you kind of just said this, but I, I, going back to Battlefront, all of the Clone Wars stuff, like, really did kind of bring me back into it. Like, I had a whole second wave of, like, love and appreciation for mm -hmm. that game, and I spent a whole oh, bunch more time did. on it. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I think bringing in different eras is a great way to keep people interested because mm -hmm. they are so different and yet so similar and inherently linked you don't have to change you know anything about the base game it's just all yeah. essentially cosmetics um but then you bring in i mean you bring in different generations right because i mean most of us were like mm -hmm. prequel kids but if you've got ot mm -hmm. stuff you've got sequel stuff you can bring in just entirely different almost fandoms within the fandom yeah, yeah and i haven't Agreed. i haven't played too much of squadrons but are are we able to to fly like 
the Millennium Falcon? Are we able to fly nope. Boba Fett ship? Are we able just nope. like we we had in uh, Battlefront Two? It's, it's more towards the experience of being a mm-hmm. fighter, like a regular trooper, rather than being the yeah. hero of the story. Star Wars Squadrons, be regular. Be regular. That would be something interesting to where you played mm-hmm. enough, to where you leveled up enough where you were able to unlock, say, the Millennium Falcon or um, or even like even Dooku's ship, even that's the funniest thing. Um, oh my god, the Sun Sailor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I can't okay. see shit! A yeah. question inside of a question. We don't get so in this scenario. We don't get any more content for squadrons. How would you feel if they got a squadrons two and it was Clone Wars, and then they had a squadrons three that was original trilogy? I'd be fine with that. Yeah, like because honestly, part of my my thoughts about modern gaming because you're you're absolutely right, Sage. To get to get a constant base, you got to have upgrades. That's the whole reason why Warzone exists. That's the mm-hmm. whole reason Fortnite keeps having seasons. Like Apex like, is so popular. Exactly. So. But I think if they, if they would do that and just release Squadrons 2, Squadrons 3 for $40 each, like you're saying, that's essentially like, if you want to think about it, an $80 season pass. Mm-hmm. And that also tells me that, you know, for my moral compass, that means the devs are at least getting paid to make an, to make stuff. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, having devs kind of rely on cosmetic packs and all these things are where you get your whole... You know, is it is it currency gambling? Are 12-year-olds just running up their parents' Apple Pay a bunch? Like... That's a whole thing, but if it's just we're gonna release three full games, they're gonna mm-hmm. be this price, but they will have the content. Yeah, I'd be down with that. I think that makes sense, I and mean, I think it's. That being said, it might be an outdated model. Unfortunately, like mm-hmm. I mean, I bought Halo, I bought Halo Two, Halo Three, Halo Four. Like yeah. I, I played that game. So the problem with something like that is problem with like season pass expansion packs in the current day and age. And that's why we've we've moved away from it in in the game industry, is because in Battlefront 2015 we had the base game and people only played the base game, and then there was a subset of the community that paid for the first season pass, and then there was mm-hmm. a subset of the community that played paid for the second season pass. And just because you paid for the f- second season pass doesn't mean you paid for the first season pass, or the first DLC expansion. So it right. splits up the community in a really bad way. Um, mm-hmm. That's why we've moved mm-hmm. towards uh, live service. Yeah, where and, it's like it's all it's all free, technically free mm-hmm. content, but it's yeah. the paying for crystals or whatever your yeah. your cosmetic tool of choice. And that's where Battlefront Two really failed, is because it had a crap ton of great great content. Really, it, it took a turn, um, had a one eighty turn there. Like it was a rough oh, yeah. launch, and then by the end of the game, it was one of the best. I would say the best Star Wars video game experience that we have. In I'd terms agree. of scope of agree. the game, it had lots of problems, obviously. And if you'd like to learn more about the tough launch, you can listen to episode 200 of the Battlefront podcast, where I interviewed, uh, I had a, a th- nine interviews. It was a three-week process, and I put together a documentary that's 50, 52 to 54 minutes long about the whole scope of Battlefront. Too. It's dope as yeah. hell. Go, go, go! Right now, plug, plug, plug. I totally recommend it. I, I think I plugged that a couple of weeks ago on the, on one of our podcasts here because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was I just got done listening to it, so it's really good. It was super fun to put together, um, but I, I think that was really struggle is they had this great content, but they had no way to pay for it. Like you paid for the first game and this and the celebration edition, but there was no way to continue giving the team money. Right. So basically, they were just paying. They were putting all this work to bring in new players, and that's kind of rough because you reach a plateau there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, if if Squadrons also 
you know, would go forward with some cosmetic stuff, it'd be cool. Because then I, I think Star Wars is also at its best in gaming when they kind of embrace the silly along with the series. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, ninety plus percent of your fan base isn't playing it just for the just for the immersion. Like we're playing because we like the gameplay. So I think things like you know some of the skins now are very fun and like the 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 hood ornament stuff is is, mm-hmm. is perfect. It's fantastic. Because, yeah. Okay. Does an A wing pilot actually have a gonk droid in his? No. <laughs> but did I want one? Yes. <laughs> so like I think that's the way to do it. I mean, give me a freaking people are gonna play for a jar jar bobble. Of course mm-hmm. they will. Wow. You know. So do you think Sage, based on the wording that they've given so far, and given the fact that like you said, there's a Mandalorian drop already. Yeah. Do you think they're actually kind of like saying, oh, well, we didn't mean cosmetic, and they mm-hmm. will actually be supporting it? So I, I think that they're, it's ultimately going to come down to the sales. Like, if it's a very successful game, which I really hope it does so we can get more content. If it is a successful game, yes, they're going to continue making content for it. Uh, they were projecting, I think, around three or four million sales. Um, so okay. a lot, lot lower. But to put this in perspective, for Battlefront... Battlefront 2015, they they expected sales to be at, I think it was 12 million. And Ooh. then for Jedi Fallen Order, they put forward, uh, I think, 9 million or so. Mm-hmm. And around the same for Battlefront 2. So they're, they're projecting that this will sell a lot lower copies. Right off the bat, it's more of a specialized experience, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's very like, niche. Yeah, yeah, because because that's what I feel like is, is what I've been seeing about Squadrons. Like, not everyone wants to play it. It's not as universal. But man, the people, especially on Twitter and on Reddit and stuff, that are really playing Squadrons, freaking mm-hmm. love it. Because if you're into this kind of game, it was really made incredibly well. Yeah, you know. Um, on that front, do you mind if I talk a little about esports? Not in the slightest. Please, please do. So, historically, there has never really been uh, an esports community for Star Wars video games. Obviously, there's a whole community for speedrunning, but that's a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first where it's like, they, it's, they set it up, they announce 5v5. Boom, that's, that's fantastic for, for esports. Mm-hmm. But then they, they shot themselves in the, he- in the leg... I would say head too. Like, <laughs> Shut it right in the head. Right in the head. Shut it down. Um, because they didn't bring private matches, and that's been a huge sore point for all of the yeah. momentum for esports. So I was a part of the Operation Ace esports event. That was the yeah, first. Yeah, that was so freaking cool. That was the first esports event for Star Wars Squadrons, and I'm currently going through the second esports event for star wars squadrons called the creator clash where it's a bunch of content creators in the star wars gaming community come together battle it out but each of these had to take a different approach than you would normally expect so right you can't just say all right like these five creators versus these five creators because it's all random you don't know who you're gonna exactly like i can't put together a team of like four plus me and go against uh, someone like Wolf 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 who put together a team of four. How that one's working, the creator clash, is we are putting together our teams, we're playing in a specific set window and then counting how many kills. They have like a whole algorithm. How many kills, how many deaths, how much um, capital ship damage you did. Um, 
if you won or lost, and that's all put together and give, given a score, and you take that score against the person you're bracketed against. And then Operation Ace did a completely different thing. Um, if, if anyone listening to this has not seen Operation Ace, take a look at that, and you will see how well an esports event can be run. Like, fantastic production. <laughs> um, for that one, it was a bunch of creators. It was an invitational put together teams and then played for five hours straight and then counted how many wins they got and that's how they placed it overall and then they also had commendations so who did the most capital ship damage won a bundle who did the most kills won a bundle so it was that's how that one was run so you've got these two different approaches and it would just be so much easier if they put forth private matches yeah definitely. yeah now do you do you feel like you, you favored one of those more than another? Because I know um, Alex Damon, friend of the show, yeah. uh, was in that as well. And he, he made a couple of videos about Operation Ace and mentioned how it was a cool format. But definitely in the last hour or two, you could see people just starting to filter a little bit. Because five <laughs> hours straight of squadron. It's a lot uh, of adrenaline. It's a lot going all at once, especially when you're not just playing against teams you know. What, mm-hmm. Do you think that the uh, the Creator Clash format is a little more beneficial, or do you think it's a little apples to oranges? I think it's a bit apples to oranges. Each one has bonuses. Like, the, like one is Operation Ace is a lot of chance uh, because mm-hmm. you can get paired against empty lobbies, and you, that would still count as a win. And the Creator Clash is a lot more towards skill. So obviously mm-hmm. me being a terrible player, I did prefer... <laughs> 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 one over the other. We um, take our bonuses where we can. I'm very anxious to see where up, uh, Uplink Squadron places, um, so we'll see. But um, I think each of them has bonuses. Um, I greatly enjoyed the production of Operation Ace. It was a great time to a great time to be had being a part of that. Um, but all of these um, all of these takes on esports with squadrons would be so much easier and so much. Um, better for the overall community if we had private matches because let's say so right now it takes a lot of effort the guys um, boomstick over at operation ace had a crap ton of work had a whole team put together legit production style for the esports and then uh, friends of mine sammy boy and arcross put together the legions they they were planning this for two months straight had leading up to this they basically had discord voice chats every single day planning this out so it takes a lot of effort and if private matches were a thing you and i could put together a team like okay we're doing an event right now mm-hmm. it's uplink squadron versus utini squadron who's gonna win all right you have heard it here first everyone the second <laughs> private matches are announced uplink and utini tournament gotta go. it's happening yeah <laughs> Partnership, um, let's rock and roll. Sounds Dude, so fun. It now. makes so much sense. You're and, and honestly, because of that though, do you in in your in your seasoned opinion, because I always say Sage, you know you know so much about this community. Uh you've seen it in its evolutions, both in Star Wars and gaming and combined. Do you think there is a world where they don't make private matches? I definitely like, because Battlefront 2015 had private matches. It was super, super fun. I got to a bunch of friends together to get the bare minimum and Walker Salt. So we just go around and look at things, like see what's yeah! going on and enjoy oh, the, the God, work that they put that. into it. Battlefront 2015, or I mean Battlefront 2 2017, 2017 2020, no private matches. So there's already a precedent of them 
with the community oh, really God. wanting private matches and them not giving it. Hmm. And as a completely different team, um, what gives me hope with squadrons, though, is we have crossplay. Right. Yep. Which has been, I, I got to say, I have never played um, a crossplay title myself. I've, I've been an, I'm an Xbox boy till I die. I did buy a <laughs> PS5. Um, but uh, I've been honestly pretty surprised at how seamless it's been which mm-hmm. may speak to my ignorance in gaming because i feel like we were always sold a bill of goods of like oh it's so hard to cross play and oh we're not doing it because of the technology and now i'm like you just didn't want to share money yeah is so, that really what happened xbox has been a microsoft and xbox have been a huge proponents even nintendo which is super surprising have been super huge proponents of cross play because it's good as a consumer like it benefits yeah everyone that plays the game the only thing it doesn't benefit is the company that runs it uh, because then PlayStation can't be like, we have um, exclusive stuff over here. We want to protect the children on our platform because we don't uh, want uh, Minecraft being played on other consoles. Because, I mean, those Nintendo players are quite inappropriate. We don't want our players <laughs> playing with the Nintendo players. You know those Mario fans. Yeah, they're dancing with yep. Smash Brothers mouths. I've heard them before. <laughs> Wash them out with soap. God damn I, I, like I say, I played some Smash in college, and uh, some of the things I said definitely weren't meant for children's ears. So <laughs> I can understand a little bit, but yeah, that's uh, yeah. But you're right; it's, it is it is kind of interesting how some companies are realizing that you can make money in other ways mm-hmm. if the community likes you. Because now that like we have access to to developers on Twitter, we have access to developers on Reddit. Like people like companies because of their personalities. Yeah, like CD Projekt Red, for example is going through a thing now where they've stabbed me in the heart three times this year by mm-hmm. delaying Cyberpunk 2077. But and a lot then, of people are like, like twist we like the you. knife when they said, oh, yeah, we're making our, our people work 100-hour weeks and not be able yeah. to see their family and then stay at home. And- uh, Nestle Crunch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not great. Um, but I feel like there's, there is a part where, you know, you have people come out and say, hey, we'll crossplay because we care about you. Then I, as a consumer, am way more like, oh, cool. Then I will definitely pay mm-hmm. $5 for a cosmetic pack because I'm not mad at you. It also makes you more platform agnostic um, because um, Ooh, I can I play. I like that phrase. Yeah. <laughs> so you, nice. can, you, can, you can play with friends. Like if I'm on PC and I want to play with my brothers on Xbox, I can do that on Apex. I can do that on Squadrons. Mm-hmm. I can do that on these games. Um and like we've been streaming every Saturday, I play Star Wars games, play other games. Um, been rocking out Among Us recently, dude. That game yeah, is so freaking fun. Um, <laughs> but a lot of the a lot of the people in the chat are like, "Man, I wish I could play with you, but I have something that's not PC." Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I've been noticing. Like even in the Utini Discord gaming channels, we made up Xbox and PlayStation specific, um, mm-hmm. you know, tags. And now with Squadrons, oh, you don't need that. It's just like, hey, we're on squadrons. Here's the EA IDs. Yeah. And that's all we need. Like, w- when we did Utini Game Night a couple weeks ago, me and Andrew Bell were playing. He was on PS4. I was on Xbox. It's like, all right, great. Doesn't matter. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, that's- it's so it's, – it's like the end of episode one. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it's the unity. Who are the Gungans? <laughs> that's Who are the Gungans in this scenario, I have to know? Oh, the PS4 player. <laughs> 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 oh, Padme, bitch, don't you forget <laughs> – Exclusives. <laughs> <laughs> Last of Us True. Um, but <laughs> uh, on a on a non technical note, though, I, I also want to ask you guys for for our friends that have been playing, um, that are listening, 
or that have been watching streams or whatever, uh, everyone's probably got their, their preferences as we've been playing more. Like, you found the ships you like, you found the different maps you like. Um, Charles, I'm going to start with you. Uh, first of all, do you like playing New Republic better, or do you like playing the Empire better? Mm. So... I think I like New Republic better, and I think I just like the feel of the X-Wing more. And I don't know. I think it actually might be a little bit of a subconscious thing, even from reading mm-hmm, the books. Totally. Like back from Rose Squad, I feel so vulnerable in that TIE fighter, man. I'm like, I know these things don't have shields. Like, I know. Like, I'm done for, you know? And it, and if you have it's that so true. You, if you have that mentality going into a war, yeah, I mean, go ahead and just don't even go. Don't even go. So, yeah, New Republic. It is true. Like, even when I started playing it, Charlie would come in and see me playing, and she's like, you're in a TIE fighter? Those things are made of tinfoil. I'm like, well, I own the game. It's, I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, but if you're in a New Republic, uh, Charles, what are you flying? What is your uh, – what ship has been – because you say you like the, X, the X-Wing. Do, does the A-Wing, Y-Wing, U-Wing uh, feel better to you practically, or is uh, – I guess I'm just kind of a classic guy. I like the X-Wing. I think it's awesome that you can play all the different types. And I know we had, we've talked about this on on the old episodes, like which ship would we fly when we were in Alphabet Squadron, right? And I I think Mm -hmm, I got Y-Wing. I think my personality was Y-Wing, but I've been flying the X-Wing more than anything. It's it's a super solid ship, and there's definitely some good builds you got. Uh, Wes? Same to you. Are you are you flying true? Are you a traitor's imperial like your uh, Houston Astros baseball team? What are you feeling? As much as I want to go with my gut and be a traitorous Houston Astros baseball fan, um, <laughs> I really wanted to play with the Empire ships, but I mean, I always got shot down on them like really quick, and that's probably due to you know partly to my skill and and another part to not having all my buttons mapped to my joystick. I mean, so on a side note here. I researched the shit out of a joystick for this game. All right, so there were there are joysticks that range from six hundred dollars down to thirty dollars. Mm. Now I picked up um, I picked up a, a VKB. It's like it, it basically looks just like a, um, a, a, a flight stick you'd find in a cockpit, like in a in a fighter uh, in a fighter jet or something. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't too terribly expensive. So I was like, you know what? This is a good-looking stick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to use this. And when we got the game, when I first saw the, like, the game controls, I think Alex Damon had sent a, a diagram of what the controls were actually going to be on. It showed the damn Microsoft Sidewinder joystick that was only like 40 bucks, And I was like, shit, man, I paid <laughs> over $100 for the one that I have. And not only that, I got a – I don't know if you all noticed, but on the midnight release, I bought – the the Maverick bomber jacket to wear while I was playing, and so now I have this stupid jacket in there that I don't even play this game anymore that much, and I should. But <laughs> going off of that tangent, I my the B wing <laughs> is probably the uh, the ship that I was getting the most kills on. If you could say I was getting any kills, because I was just well the B wing's not in the game, so no, I don't no, think no, that's no, it. Sorry, not the B wing, the uh, the Y wing. There it is. I was dropping okay. bees on so the bomber. Uh, yeah. Ah yes, dropping on capital ship because that say. was probably the easiest thing to do, right? It's just to, <laughs> it's just to target in on the capital ship and then drop some bombs. Because you had one button that worked on your joystick, <laughs> yeah. and it was to <laughs> drop the payload. <laughs> Literally, the first day, instead of the trigger on a joystick that you would think would shoot like laser cannon fire, that did not work. It was some button like on the back of the joystick that I was pressing <laughs> while I was flying 
<laughs> with my other hand. So it was. So instead of pew pew pew, it went boo boo boo. It was ah the pew boo. It was definitely stressful, and I couldn't figure out whether I liked inverted or non inverted, and I kept going up. I mean, that gameplay is still on Twitch. You can see it took me damn near forty five minutes to get through the the beginning, like pre like the pre flight before you actually get into the damn game. So. Uh, I had a rough time. We'll have, to have a, it's not a rough mad, time, Eric. We'll, we'll, have a, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a teeny Twitch stream where uh, all of us just hang out and help Wes map his buttons. <laughs> That'll be the whole fantastic. time. <laughs> uh, Sage, what about you, man? Uh, bomber all the way. Um, I like... So, I'm going to go against all you guys and go Do pro it. Empire here. You, so, I'm, I'm a Rebels guy. I'm Rebel hardcore all the way. Mm-hmm. The... Um, the orange blood flows through my bl- my veins here. Um, Beautiful. But I love the Thai bomber. The Thai bomber seems to be like just one that, like if you once you get kind of decent in squadrons, I feel like people pick up the bomber and then just get immaculately good with it. Yeah. Well, the bomber's super overpowered, so there's part of it. But <laughs> <laughs> see, that's some, that'll that's help. Detail I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably the most overpowered class in squadrons like you can beef mm-hmm. it up really hardcore um there is uh, a loadout i i don't personally know it off the top of my head but there's a loadout with a wing where you can get it or it's either the a wing or the the x wing you can get the x wing as fast as the a wing or you can get the a wing as strong as the x wing it's one of those two mm. um so there, there's a strategy there, but I do, I do really enjoy. One of the reasons too is because I don't have to worry about shields. Yeah, it's only, it's only okay. Am I fast or am I shooty? Yep, that's it. And do you, Less I, buttons. Uh, do you use, do you use the shields? Do you power up your shields whenever you're getting shot at? Do you depower them? Do you use? I do. When I'm playing rebels, I do. Um, I'm still figuring out the uh, drifting. Uh, some friends of mine mm-hmm. are really good at drifting, but I'm still working it out. Uh, question for you guys. I know Wes has a, a joystick, but are you guys on PC? And if you are on PC, do you play controller or mouse and keyboard? I am on Xbox myself, okay. yeah. so I've been uh, always controller. I'm on Xbox as well. But I, this game with with keyboard mouse, I guess because of its, you know, you can use the HOTUS on it. It seems like it might work a little better, but oh! So I've got an Xbox controller connected to my uh, PC Mm -hmm. because, um, like generally in flight games, controller works better um, unless it's specifically designed for mouse and keyboard. I have never even played Squadrons with mouse and keyboard. (laughs) Good. I mean, I feel like this is the type of game because the learning skill is so high. I feel like once you got. Your kind of muscle memory, you got to stick with it, uh, yeah. which is why I, myself, I, I, I am an A-Wing pilot. I love my New Republic. I, I was going to be A-Wing first when it, I first Will. started the game. We get it, Will. <laughs> <laughs> He's my boy. He's my soul. Uh, but I died so much with the A-Wing, and I went to X-Wing for a while because just there's just so many more hull points. It's ridiculous. But um, lately, I once I've realized what my actual role is in dogfights and like fleet battles, as opposed to trying to just, I'm going to take on the Star Destroyer as an A-Wing. Don't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's been a lot of fun, and I just, I absolutely adore that ship. So, I'm going to I'm gonna drop a couple tips here for yes, fleet battles. Um, what, usually when I hop in for fun, I play dogfights, um, just because I prefer the shorter game mode. But I've been playing a lot, of dog, uh, a lot of fleet battles recently. A good strategy if you want to continue playing, um, I would say 
not dying is as important as getting kills um, mm -hmm. because you need to keep up your morale. So not dying and going after AI is super, super important. And you wouldn't think that just like going into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, that's been one of the big things as an A-Wing too is like, all right, we're on the team. I'm going to kill all these – because you can kill AI ships so easily, especially mm -hmm. I know you do your TIE Bomber with those automatic locking missiles. Yep. All right, here's three free kills. <laughs> Done. Um, it was absolutely great. Uh, yeah, any other uh, any other big tips we got for people as we're wrapping up here? If they're like either our starting squadrons, if they're like I want to be a little better at squadrons, mm -hmm. what's some uh, wisdom you can drop on them? Something I would definitely – definitely put people before you even play squadrons go into it being like okay this is completely different than if you play battlefront starfighter assault go into it like this is a completely different type of game don't go into it expecting the same results um just go in with a blank slate because that that's going to be super valuable to you um mm -hmm. make sure it, it is a little confusing at first but make sure you do charge up your either your weapons, your speed, or your shields, because those can be extremely valuable when it comes down to it. Um, mm -hmm. So I would definitely keep an eye on those things. And make sure you if know you want, like your, some... your uh, repair button is. Because... Yes. <laughs> yes! Repair yourself. Also, um, if you're Wes, make sure you know what your buttons do. Ooh. Yeah. Also, very key, high-level strategy. Might that's I suggest kind of, that's kind of uh, a life suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> know where that's your buttons deep, are. That's deep, man. Know where your buttons are and know who's going to push them. Um, well, hey, uh, before we before we get on out of here and, and wrap up with some things, I do want to take a quick detour uh, and tell you guys about some podcast and Uchini updates we got coming up. Um, Wes, you are doing Uchini game night tomorrow, and this isn't live, so... <laughs> How was it? <laughs> if you're joining me for Utini Game Night, then we're talking about it from the past. So, um, if you, it was fantastic. Yeah. I love that one maneuver you used. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh, that was cool. Really, I was so impressed. You couldn't tell you didn't know really what your amazing. buttons did. You couldn't if tell you, at all. <laughs> if you liked the way that I slid down the ice or that I shot that blaster or the way I steered that, that starship, then you know there's more coming your way, let me tell you. <laughs> So uh, I hope uh, I'll throw out – man, that's really weird to talk about now that it, I, we haven't done it yet, but when this comes out on Thursday and Friday, it's already happened. So I had a great time, I'm sure. So <laughs> Yeah, well, keep your eyes out. Uh, get twitch.tv slash utini underscore us, where we usually do this show every Monday night. Utini game night is still going. Uh, there will be some squadroning, I am sure. Uh, and with all these new tips, we should hopefully be a little better. It's been, it's, it's been great seeing people uh, improve. Which I think has been fun, which is what you it's should super do. super satisfying. Yeah. The, the the victories are like, yeah! Ah! yeah. Like, I do yeah. feel a little better on that. If those. you get some friends in there and, like, you, you pull it out. Um, like, um, I got into a dogfight with some, some friends, and we were all voice chat in Discord. And we pulled it out from – we got into the game, and they were at uh, – the other team was – it was most of the way done. The other team had 25 kills, and then we had 15, and we pulled the victory. Nice. Uh, it feels so good. It feels so good. Uh, so if you want to see Wes feel good – Eugene Game Night. Check it out. <laughs> uh, additionally, uh, if you're listening to this on our Patreon feed, tonight is Legends Look Back Night. Make sure you tune in for that. Uh, Jared and Freddie C., and they're rotating uh, squad of guests and new producer Meg Dowell. 
are talking to Thrawn lately, so make sure you check in there. They had a Halloween episode as well. Always a good time over there, and make sure you subscribe to their separate podcast feed. Saturdays, we got our Conjure Book Club, where they're going through Kenobi by John Jackson Miller right now. Over. That's the one. That's the guy. Uh, with Timothy, Patrick, and Adam every Saturday in Discord, and also coming out on the Patreon feed. Uh, December will be one of the Age of Limited Comic Runs, Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion, one of those. There's a poll in Discord right now, so go head over to the Conja Book Club Discord channel and vote. And their January book will be Light of the Jedi, the High Republic novel. They're going to get to it before our official Utini roundtable. Oh, wow. So a lot coming your way. Finally, update Utini Fantasy Football League. I got to oh, give my. massive props to James Carsoni who is the undisputed number one of our league, um, who did just lose George Kittle, though, as of this recording. So good luck, James. But you're 5-2. and two. You're going to be fine. All right, final things, my friends. Over on Patreon, we got episodes coming out. As we said earlier, Lightspeed Skipping is on hiatus until the end of The Mandalorian, but Bounty Hunt is coming out every single Monday. The Ghost Crew with me and Charlie is coming out every other Wednesday. And Kath Faves... With Megan Heather, it's coming out every other week as well. <sighs> tons of content, tons of great Star Wars stuff. Couldn't be happier. The value Stage. is undeniable. <laughs> oh, God. That's the, all right, clip that. That's what we need. <laughs> That's the tag. Uh, Zed, where can everyone find everything you're doing with Uplink, everything you're doing with the show, all your streams? Tell everybody. Okay. Like I said, we rebranded into Uplink. Wait, we're still figuring things out. Uh, like, still... Still making sure everything's smooth and everyone knows that we're rebranded. But you'll be able to find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Star Wars Battlefront Podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at SWB Podcast. And we recently started uh, a Twitch account, uh, just Uplink Podcast, twitch.com slash Uplink Podcast. In December, we'll be doing daily streams. Wow. So. Nice. Daily streams. Daily That's streams. Awesome. Daily December. So those are the ways that you can find us. It's also uh, Uplink or Battlefront Podcast. You can search in your favorite podcast app, and we will show up. Love it. Well, can't wait to hear, again, more thoughts on all the Star Wars gaming news. I I have a... I'm so optimistic. Can you reach out Star more? I don't, I don't see you guys all that often. It's, it know, was great to see you, man, and to hear that voice. I'll tell yeah. you what. <laughs> Yeah. We can miss your energy, man. We will. We, I feel like we've... i got to say, this this last quarter of 2020, if we can have a moment of real time, has been like my turtling time. I feel like I've been very much like, I want to be in myself. <laughs> I'm very scared of a lot of things. Turtling going on. I think turtling <laughs> means something different down here in the South. Though. 100%. <laughs> Listen, you got to fix a couple things about the South. Let's put that on the list, shall we? So you may not tell, uh, be able to tell it from my my accent. But I was born in Hot Springs, Arkansas, boys. Hell so yeah. it, Sage knows what we're talking <laughs> <Sui>. about. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Razorbacks? Then is that um, you? That was that was our family growing up. Yeah. I've tried to, as you can tell, kill most of this. <laughs> let, let the past die. Kill it if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can never kill that great Southern charm. I'll tell you what. That's uh, with all three of you guys. My uh, my overly polite Midwestern face really appreciates it. <laughs> so we will we will definitely. Uh, be hanging out more as the year goes on. I'm so excited for this. Just, just, Lego Star just, Wars Skywalker Saga coming out. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, oh Heather's going to be you thrilled. Talk about, 
Heather's going to have so much fun with that, and we're going to definitely have a lot of streams on both Utini and Uplink for all of that. Um, pre-order your games, because the more, the more Star Wars games pre-order, the more Star Wars games we get. Yes. Everyone buy Squadrons. Math. Even if you don't play it, buy it so we can get more content. <laughs> yes, please. We'll see you out there, and my friends, we will see you on the Twitter, we'll see you in the Discord, because that will do it for this week's episode of The Living Force. If you are already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. We appreciate it. A special thank you especially to Cheryl Bell and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council and Kyle Hickman, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStorersMD when he's here. Charles Zetsy Hankel. Wes is at Boss Wes. And one more time, Sage is... SWB Podcast. Boom! A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor, Ryan, our graphic designer extraordinaire, and Wes, our producer and community manager. I'm glad you didn't have to do too many buttons tonight, man. I touched a <laughs> Nice <couple>. night. <laughs> Thanks to, to, thank you to Charles Wes and Sage for podcasting with me. And to all of you I'm listening. Getting abused and he's over there touching the buttons. <laughs> Force be with you! I really hope we're really happy when this drops. Bye! There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.